Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, whatever it is. It is England is burning. It is October 28, 2021. It is Thursday night in the ATL. Uh, this is your Manchester City Women Weekly feature for this week. We have gone through Manchester United women. We've gone through Arsenal women, Chelsea women. We've gone and talked to uh, all of our contributors. Now we are up to Manchester City women's team with Kate, our contributor forum from the Manchester City Women's Football Club Official Supporters Club. That's a lot of letters. All right. But, Kate, welcome back to the show. Thank you for being here. I understand from talking to you off air that you are slightly under the weather. Yeah, yeah. Feeling a little bit sick. Um, I think it's a bit of a consequence of my trip to Ottawa. Didn't fully prepare for the cold weather, which, you know, as a Canadian, I should have factored that in. But... I didn't, and now I've got like a bit of a cold, but uh, getting over it. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm a little confused, Kate. How someone in Canada would be, you know, like not be weary of the cold weather? It's funny because I actually lived in Ottawa for three years when I went to university, and it hits like minus thirty six. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it was only like two or three at night, but it's it just the temperature was has been so nice here lately. I think it was just like a little bit of a shock going from like 20 degrees to like three degrees. So, right. Absolutely. I'm playing with my light here, trying to get a better angle. I look like some type of weird spiritual being, Um, you know, and don't want to do that today. Well, that's not even much better, but probably better. We'll keep with this. Uh, so if, if you're watching on the on YouTube, please smash a like, please subscribe, please share on all your social media. Sharing is the best way. Uh, if you are uh, listening to us on the podcast or on all podcast platforms that I'm aware of on the planet Earth and probably a few on Venus or Mars that I'm not even aware of yet, um, please give a review please share with your friends on social media please please do that because the likes the shares the five star reviews is helping keeping this channel growing um so we're here today kate we're going to talk about first quarter we are at the first quarter of the league we're pretty much at the first quarter of the season um and we need to give out report cards it's report card time First quarter report cards for Manchester City uh, going forward. So in so let's kind of do a brief overall recap of where things stand. And and as we kind of looked at off air, it doesn't look pretty right now. Um, just 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 to be fair, yeah. Um, and so forth. So um, so right now, uh, Manchester City in the in the WSL sitting in in ninth place on four points with one win one draw and three losses. The one win is was against Everton, which seems to be the only team that Manchester City has beaten all season. Um, and um, the goal differential is negative three. Uh, seven goals, uh, can, seven goals and versus 10 conceded. Um, they did start in the Champions League qualifying round, uh, drew the first match away at Real Madrid, won, won uh, then followed that up by the win in the league uh, against Everton, and then at home lost 1-0 to Real Madrid, knocking them out of the Champions League. Um and then followed up with that with a loss to Tottenham, two to one, losing to Arsenal, five nil, losing to West Ham, two nil, and then the uh, what Mark from the Manchester United Women's Supporters Group called Referee Gate, 
the draw and the Derby 2-2. Um, and then that was followed by the Conti Cup win against Everton, which I, you know, politely, <laughs> probably politically incorrectly called the uh, the sack race uh, game because I figured whoever manager lost that match was going to be sacked. Um, and sure enough, it was Willie Kirk and he got sacked um, like two days later. Um, so that's where things stand. Um, Manchester City still has uh, their next game coming up, as you may well know, if you follow the, follow the team, is on Halloween. It is a FA Cup semifinal for the cup that they're trying to defend. Now, remember all y'all. This is the FA Cup that started last season, has floated into this season, uh, but it is a semifinal. But dun, 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 it is against who? Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. So, surprise, um, surprise. <laughs> great surprise. Happens every year that never get them in a final. It's always in a semifinal or quarter or whatever. So this time it's the semifinal on the other side of the draw. It's Arsenal who happened to draw Brighton. Not that that's, you know, you know, not that Brighton is a easy team to beat, but it's not Chelsea. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you're sure so, Brighton, they've had a good start to the season. So. Yeah, they have. So they've done Brighton. Well. I think it's going to be closer than people think it's going to be. I, think I believe have a good fight. I, they will. They will. I, and I, I thought I told when we did the Arsenal show this week, I, we talked about that match and, and Josh, um, Josh with the Islington Gazette was like, yeah, he, he thought it was going to be three nil. I thought it was two. Um, it might be one of those two nils, but it's going to be close in the end. It's going to be like one nil, something like that. It's going to be kind of a nail biter at the end, but I tell you, I mean, two games on Sunday, the, the semifinal matches back to back. I mean, it's going to be a nice Sunday, Halloween, um, you know, to watch those two, um, those two. But we'll get to that and later on in the show. But we got to give our give our grades out for the first quarter of the season. And so, how we broke it down is this, y'all. Okay, so we're going to break the team down, and we're gonna, and I'm going to ask Kate uh, to give a grade from A, B, C, D, F for each segment of the team. So we'll start with the wingers and the forward line. We'll talk about the midfield. We'll talk defensive line, goalkeeping, and then last but not least, and not with Kate, indeed, uh, we're going to talk about manager coaching that area. Now, here's the thing. As we did with the other shows, we are we are counting, we are weighing the grade for coaching, managing double uh, because of its uh, importance. Now, Kate, you can use any criteria that you wish. Uh, to determine your grade system, uh, what grades you, you, if you want to compare it to last year or compare it to potential or however way you want to do it, it's your grade. So let's start, if you're ready, let's start with the forward line and your wingers. Now, now what, what we have to kind of take into context and may, and I'm guessing that you will, the, the number of injuries that the team has had in, in this season, it's, it has been the main storyline is, yeah injuries concern um and so forth so in terms of the forward line um you know the main folks in the forward line as far as you know in terms of minutes and games played overall the main two have been lauren hemp and ellen white they've played 
307, 357, and 305 minutes in the league, respectively. And yeah. then Bunny Shaw, uh, the you know transfer from Bordeaux during the summer transfer window, um, has played 184 minutes in the league. Um, Haley Rasso, the Australian 27-year-old, also played 90 minutes. Um, and Jessica Park also plays in midfield. Uh, it's gotten some minutes as well. So what is your grade for your midfield, uh, not midfield, your forward line and your wingers at the first quarter mark? Uh, it's going to be, that's that's a tough one. If we were doing it like going by person by person, like I'd go like A plus for Lauren Hemp. Like, so I would, I would take the whole yeah. group. I would do the whole group. And yeah, leveling gotta... it out for sure. Well, if I could give it an A plus, it would just be the Lauren Hemp. Um, Okay. Because <laughs> she's been phenomenal. She's been probably like the standout forward mm-hmm. for me so far. But all in all, as a group, probably I'd give them about a B minus, maybe like a C plus. Um, because like, we have been scoring goals, like, but we've been getting them a lot of them against Everton. So, like, that's kind of where a lot of the goal scoring has been coming from is from like one major team, and there's been like bits and pieces here and there against some other teams. Um, but like. Yeah, uh, I'd probably put them at a B minus, maybe a C plus um, okay. so far. But I think there's definitely room for improvement. And so you said the standout has been and been Lauren Hemp, and, and um, you know, and I, I, it's been more than just you know, it's more, it's been goal scoring, it's been playmaking, it's been all of those things for for her, uh, as we expect. I mean, that's, that's been, I mean, and she's had some pretty dazzling displays, um, of footwork and ball control and passing (laughs) and so forth. How do you, and how do you feel about Bunny Shaw's entry into the, into the squad and how has she been integrated and how has she done during that integration? Yeah, she's getting, she's been getting better and better, I think. And it's, 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 I think, um, more of a chemistry up front too has been working with her. Um, I like seeing like her and, and Becky combine. That's why I like mm-hmm. seeing like Janine kind of playing right back, which she did for Canada as well during our friendlies actually. So Bev's kind of taking a little bit out of uh, Taylor's playbook and, and playing her, playing her out of position, but it's been working well for her. So I've her connection with uh, Bunny's been good. Um, and yeah, I think Bunny's just going to keep getting better and better as we go along. And um, and then recently, though, there's been there's been uh, at least in the uh, I believe in the Everton Conti Cup match, um, and I think the match before, if I'm right, but I know at least in one occasion, Gareth had started Ellen White and Bunny Shaw together. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in previous matches, there had either been one or the other, and one was either subbed for the other, you know, and so forth. But we saw actually we had a situation where I think Ellen White was in the not in the false nine or nine role, and then Bunny Shaw was out on the wing, which was really interesting combination. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if you think that that might be something that it seemed like it seemed to work fairly well. Do you think that something's going to be we're going to see moving forward? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Especially against Chelsea, I can see him bringing. I would like to see him have White and and Bunny playing together with Hemp up front. But like, we might even have Razzo back at that point too. So like, she could slot mm-hmm. in as a sub. But like, like I don't know what the status of her is. But um, yeah, I would like to see like for for the Chelsea game coming up. I think our best options would be like Hemp, White, and Shaw kind of working together up up front there. 
Yeah. Um, and how do you feel about, I mean, how do you feel about Ellen White these days? Um, you know, I, she's one, I, I know like she's her. one of your, yeah. your favorites. She's one of my favorites. Yeah, I just wish she was a little more consistent for a bit. Um, I still think she's, yeah, no, I still think she's great. Like, I think she's a, a great striker for country. Um, yeah, she's been a little bit hit and miss here. Um, but, like, the whole team kind of has been. So I'm wondering if it's just if it's a bit of chemistry because she she had a decent amount of goals, like, last season. Um, so that's that's not it. It's just I think everyone's just, yeah, she has to be playing with the right people um, mm-hmm. to get her, those, to get her uh, that. And so her and him, yeah, playing together, they play together, like, on the national team and stuff too, right? So there should be a little bit of chemistry up there. Um, mm-hmm. But... I think that she also has, yeah, it's, it's an odd one. She should be doing a little, like she's, she's doing good, but I think, I think she could be doing better. Um, which is what's something I'm probably going to say about a lot of, a lot of the, a lot of, like, team, a lot right? of like, but I mean, Ellen White's numbers so far in the first quarter are really in the league are really striking. And, and, and that, and pardon the pun. So she has one goal this season in the league. Um, she has 16 total shots, but only three on target. Mm, yeah. That is 18.8%. You know, the, the, the league average is about, you know, 35%, you know, in terms yeah. of that, the, the, the team average is 37%, which is okay. As yeah. far as, you know, percentage of shots on target, there's a stat which talks, which breaks down, you know, goals versus your expected goals for, you know, each player and you want to be in positive numbers, Ellen White sitting at negative 1.4. So basically, given the goals that she's expected to score, she scored 1.4 goals less yeah. um, and so forth, which basically means that she has not taken her chances, as they say, she's not finished um, and so forth uh, overall, in at least in the league. Now, she had a, a great display in the Conti Cup game against Everton. Uh, now, one could question the, the you know the opposition in that sense as you you were kind of alluding to earlier that you know a lot of these goals were against Everton um but that was you know that's pretty telling now at the top of the list though on the flip side of that though Kate yeah. is you got Bunny Shaw and she's had you know two goals seven shots on seven shots two goals on seven four <laughs> of which on target so short percentage is 57 percent and then her goals versus expected goals non-penalty is plus zero nine but see that's highest on the team so yeah the, the team overall is at a negative point point six in terms of goals versus expected goals um and while their opponents are at a plus four four point four um so that's a really striking difference though yeah. so but you know uh clearly you know um you know, Bunny Shaw is, is becoming a standout. Lauren Hemp is always a standout, and she's continued. Uh, how much do you think the impact of maybe Kira Walsh coming back into form, getting healthier, Vicky Lasada coming back from in, from injury, um, and so forth, along with, you know, Becky still doing her thing, um, how how do you think that that's going to help, you know, the, your, your, that front three, whoever it may be going forward? Yeah, no, I think it's going to help like crazy having Walsh back in there. Uh, like the last like game or two, you could already see the difference being made when she came back uh, in that midfield. And I think it, 
like having players like that, like that control it a little bit more, that are a little more creative in the midfield will help get the ball up quicker and get it to the forwards. And also Ellen White, it's, it's either been like Ellen White on or Buddy, Buddy Shaw on, like you were saying. So like if we can get them on together, play more minutes together rather than like one of them sits on the bench and comes on as like a super sub, um, then I think that's, that's also going to help Ellen's game too. Like if we can uh, have them working up together, but like, yeah, Kira Walsh, a, a midfield of like Kira Walsh, Caroline Weir and Figgy Lasada or like, it on paper like it looks great so hopefully like yeah once we start getting some some more fitness back and you know they've had a, a couple weeks to, to recover with this international break um i'm hoping like it's just yeah it's just gonna keep building keep getting better <laughs> so i think we're gonna i think in terms of the forwards i mean are you okay with a, you know you you said b minus c plus i mean are you okay with like a c yeah yeah i think so i think that's a fair fair assessment so let's jump to the to the midfield, um, you know, which seems to be and I and and y'all, you know, I, I've said this on the other shows this week. If you're new to watching women's football, if you're new to watching football, period, or new to soccer, however word you want to use, football, soccer, same game. Um, so, you know, uh, if you're new, keep watching. Number one, but number two, midfield. Now, I mean, a lot of people, they look at the forwards, they look at the wingers, they look at the ball being bounced in the box. But let me tell you, just like in like an American football where the line of scrimmage is like the key point, where if you dominate the line of scrimmage and you basically dominate the game, the same thing happens in soccer foot, football, where you dominate the midfield then you completely dominate the game. And so when I when I look for a mid in in my midfield, be it a, a, a 4-3-3 combo where there's three midfielders or a situation where there may be two midfielders and two wingers but on a 3-4-3, uh, three, three, however the setup is, um, you know, three mid three midfielders or uh, light went out. Okay, I'm going to keep going. All right, it, whether or not there's three or four midfielders, I expect my midfielders to, to basically be the heartbeat of the team where they set up the offense, but they also back up the defense as well. And so in looking at City, probably the strength of their team in the first quarter, I would argue, might be their midfield. What What do you think and what grade would you give the midfield in total? Yeah, no, I can see that. I would probably give them a grade of like B plus, but like, yeah, you're getting you're getting goals from Caroline Weir, Vicky Lasada. Um, oh, why am I blinking? Uh, Angle Doll, Angle Doll's getting goal too. So like, some of our goals, like a decent amount, are coming from our midfield. So um, yeah, I I'd, I'd say they're probably performing the best out of everybody right now on the field. So I go with like a B plus. Yeah, so you know the team is you know has what three six players that basically play midfield or play <laughs> you know midfield defense uh, and so forth that have you know clocked in at least a hundred minutes in the league so far, um, not counting. Well, you might as well throw in two other players too into that mix. So it looks like everybody's played in the midfield at some point this season. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, looking at it, you have um, the, your key players would be like Janine Becky, Vicky Lasada, the transfer, the former captain at Barcelona last season, uh, yeah. both of which have two, uh, a goal each. Um, and then you've got, you know, uh, Caroline Weir, um, 
who you know she's all basically known for just you know getting worldly goals she just yeah. hasn't gotten one in the league yet yeah. um laura coombs has played 271 minutes in the midfield kira has been coming back in spots uh yeah. just kind of easing her back in the lineup from that injury from last season great to see her back because i think I think just like we mentioned earlier, you get Caroline Weir rolling, you get Kira Walsh back in fitness, yeah. you get Vicky Lasada back in fitness along with Janine Becky and you know Jill Scott hopefully getting to a point where she plays her natural position in midfield. Yes. You get uh you get Engel in. I mean, if these folks, you know, if if the potential rises uh, from players that are coming back from injury who haven't been or those who haven't really been up, been at their peak, um, that midfield is just going to get stronger. But it's a solid midfield. They've been solid pretty much all season. Yeah. Um, you know, if I look at, you know, some of their numbers in terms of, let's see. All right. Yeah. If I look at, there we go. Yeah, Caroline Weir leads the midfielders in key passes with nine. Vicky Lasada has seven total. Um, let's go scroll here. Shot creating actions. And of course, Lauren Hemp leads the team in shot creating actions. Um, yeah. But Caroline Weir um, leads the midfield in shot creating actions with 4.34 per 90. Strong number there. I think that's second on the team. Uh, to Lauren Hemp, of course. So yeah. uh, <laughs> you would figure that. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, now on the defensive side, so on the offensive side, they're strong, but also <laughs> I expect, you know, I expect, you know, them to kind of also be um, capable on the defensive side as well. So Laura, Laura Coombs is kind of your person for that because um, she has got – Five out of has five out of five win one tackles. She has a forty one percent percentage in successful pressures, uh, which leads the team of all players who have um, more than I would say more than twenty pressures overall in the season. Um, so that's pretty strong. Um, Lasada was at thirty four point six successful pressures, but also three tackles, three one tackles. Uh, Caroline Weir, 34% successful pressures, but also six out of seven, one tackles. So, you know, they've been carrying it through on the defensive side as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I don't think our midfield is the the part that we should really be too concerned about. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Caroline Weir has always been class. Like, um, and at one point, like, yeah, she was like, we were just, done for injuries again right so having weir and having yeah having walsh get back in there is huge i'm hoping we get lasada back very soon um but again not a peep out of camp so who knows what's right. going on with her injury but fingers crossed we could have her back i i would hope for the chelsea game but like again no idea no idea how things are progressing no so idea. just i mean and we'll get, we'll probably get to that um get kind of that element but I, I i just wonder you know because you know when i was talking with rob prattley with the cfcw social you know we were talking about this semi-final match coming up i mean i, I basically said we have no way of predicting how this game is really going to play out the reason why or one of the big reasons why is we don't know who's going to play 
Yep. Yeah, exactly. We, we don't know. And and I'm, I'm guessing that's by design for Manchester City. Manchester City typically, I don't know, it's, I don't know, you tell me, uh, in in my experience and watching them and looking at and following them is bad, that they, they're not real key on being really clear about telling us what the status of injuries are when Gareth and his news conferences are t- is typically says whether well, out or not. Yeah. But that's like the day before the match, that press conference. So, yeah. you know, um, we may know a little bit more. We won't know really anything until the day before, and it'll be kind of vague even then. What are your thoughts about that as a fan of the team? And you, would you want your team to be kind of close to the vest about injuries like, you know, the situation here is? Or do you want or do you feel like they should be a little bit more like a little bit more clear? I mean, if I don't know. Actually, where do you where yeah. do you stand on that? And I can see both sides. Like personally, as a fan, it's like just let me know what's going on. But yeah, like, exactly. yeah, typically you're like, well, if they are healthy and he just throws them in there, and then they're not ready for whoever's coming back, right? Like that's a benefit, I think, a little bit too. Like, mm-hmm. would you, like I said, if you have a healthy Razo and a healthy Lasada, um, then yeah, that'd be hugely beneficial to, to the team and something that maybe you don't want to let. Uh, Emma Hayes know about in that game and just like play that see how that goes but like as a fan it drives you up the wall because especially now because we've had so many injuries like we just want a little piece of like good information of good news <laughs> yeah like, good news would be nice. back, right like let us know like how someone's progressing because we have so many injuries it's so hard to not just be like just let us know right now, like mm-hmm. if, if we get one person back. Yeah, just I mean, um, and depending on who that one person is, that can make a huge difference at this point, which then segues into the defensive situation. Um, now, I, I don't, I don't know about you. Uh, I told you you can. Use yeah. whatever criteria you want to use for your defense or for any of all these categories. But let's yeah. talk about the defense now. Now, um, go ahead and give us a grade and then tell us kind of what what, what leads you to that. Unfortunately, it's not going to be a good grade. Um, okay. We're going to go with D for defense. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and we're also including it's the not, goalkeeper in that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tape's been – She's been okay. She's been she's been okay for being a third string goalkeeper behind first and second who doesn't get any playing time. But she's not Ellie Roebuck. Like she's not your first string that used to be playing day in and day out. So I think there's been like a couple of instances where you're like uh, a more like a more experienced keeper or someone who's been playing more regularly probably would have had that. Um, so like, I'm not, yeah, like it hasn't been the greatest performance for her, but I'm also not like really holding that against her because I know like she's not, she hasn't played a lot. Like this is, this is the most I've seen her play in like a long time. Right. So she's still, she's also still like, yeah, like trying to get used to things and being the number one at the moment. So like, yeah, her, I I think her performances have been kind of like, okay not great but like there's reasons for that so i'm not like yeah i'm not gonna just like rail against her or you know say she's a terrible goalkeeper because i don't think she is i think Mm -hmm. i think she's just hasn't played and she's being a third string 
if you're not getting those playing time, if you're not getting those minutes, you know, how are you supposed to stay as sharp as like somebody who's getting all the minutes? So, um, yeah, I just, I don't think she's been great. I don't think it's too, too much to do with like, I don't know. It's not really her fault too much. And then going into your defensive, your defensive setup, um, decimated yeah, by defensive setup. It's like a makeshift defense, so it changes like all the time. That's it's really, it's really hard to rate them because you're like, I don't know who's being a defender this week now because one of our defenders, defenders got a red card and she's been out, so we'll just slap someone else back there. So it's been, it's been fun trying to. Trying to rate. I mean, even even Becky, uh, who who <laughs> has played in defense this season, yeah. uh, you know, for you know, for the squad. I mean, everyone's you know, Jill Scott got you know, you know, famously moved from midfield back into to be a center back for a few games, um, because there have been injuries to Steph Houghton, there have been injuries to Lucy Bronze, who had it. Now these folks, just as a just as a caveat, though. Bronze and Houghton had injuries going into the season. They ha they have not played uh, and so forth. But then you've had other players who've gotten injured, um, you know, during well, the season. Yeah. Uh, Houghton uh, actually got – no, Houghton actually played. She just got injured during an international break. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which was – that's why that was frustrating. You're like, this wasn't necessary for you to get injured like this. But, right. Yeah, she right. got injured. Uh, in the, yeah, I, I, window, I stand I corrected on that. Um, on that, I may probably maybe was thinking about somebody else at that moment, definitely, but definitely bronze has, yeah, she hasn't yeah. like she got surgery done, so she's been a while recovering, yeah. And then, um, and then I'm now trying now, I'm like trying to remember who else got injured. Somebody else got injured somewhere during the season, and who, who got injured in the Tottenham match? Oh, Esme Morgan. Yeah, well, that's right. He's been a huge miss too. Yeah, like, um, that was that was terrible. Right, and so SMA Morgan, who who um, who, given all the injuries, was a definite need uh, in the defensive line because that's that's where she plays. And so the twenty-one-year-olds, you know, um, really strong, yeah. you know, you know, upcoming star potentially on the defensive line, um, you know, got injured in that Tottenham match and, it, and it, what I thought was a sketchy tackle, but okay. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, we'll, we'll see there, but even though she played, you know, um, has not played obviously the, the entire season so far, but she, she led, if you didn't count, you know, you didn't have a minimum for, you know, successful pressures. She would, she would be the highest on the team in successful pressure percentage at like 47%, um, you know, six tackles, three, one tackles, seven tackles, plus interceptions, seven clearances uh, and so forth. And we're talking about somebody who played a little bit over a hundred minutes in the league. Um, so that's a lot of numbers. That's a huge, as you said, from a stats number perspective, that's a huge, loss particularly on top of everything else that happened um yeah. and so forth so it's been patchwork now on the other side of that you have alex greenwood's played you know played most you know 4.8 out of yeah uh, out of five games she's played most of the minutes in the defense uh demi stokes the same has played looks like four games um now Jen georgia stanway got a red card in the in the united <laughs> match uh for I don't know. I think Georgia Stanway was kind of doing Georgia Stanway things in that match, but you know, and yeah. then you had, and then 
the I, I'm telling you, the player I feel a bit sorry for is Alana Kennedy, who was the transfer from Tottenham and ended up being, uh, you know, thrusted into center back, and she has really struggled. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how we fix that or, or what we do with with her there, like because even in like the international break in the one of the Australia games, like she, the one goal that Brazil got in the three one game was from her mistake. Yeah, it, so it, 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 like she, she's just in yeah, a rut right now. Yeah, unfortunately, and, you know, I mean, her stats are really harsh. I mean, honestly, um, the team has committed a total of six errors that have led the shots, which, you know, I think is close to the lead in the league. Yeah. Uh, but Alana Kennedy has two of them. SMA Morgan has one. Demi Stokes has one. Step Houghton has one. So it's yeah. all in the defensive line, all those six errors. I mean, teams like Arsenal and Chelsea and Manchester United only have maybe one or two yeah. um, the season so far. I know it's early, but still those rack up. Um, now, to Atlanta Kennedy's credit, she does lead the team in clearances. Uh, for what it's worth, Demi Stokes, Demi Stokes leads the team in tackles plus interception. <laughs> um, so with that being said, and Georgia Stanway leads the team in tackles one, of course. Um, that's no, to be expected. <laughs> Not a great tackle that she did. So it, are we grading on a curve at all because of all the injuries? I think you have to take that into factor a little bit. Like it's yeah, like it's it's a it's not it hasn't been a good performance, but half of them aren't our regular defenders. So yeah, I mean so time, it's really Maybe, um, maybe a C plus, but it's like it's still like that's where a lot of the goals are coming from defensive errors, unfortunately. Right. So if you just rate, if you're breaking it based on that, I, I think it's probably yeah. a D. But yeah. if you're ranking it based on like the fact that half our players aren't there, maybe give them a little bit higher. Like half the like they're not used to playing defense back there. Jill Scott getting thrown back there. To her credit, she's done really actually play. pretty well. Yeah. No, no, she's done pretty well. Pretty well. So. Um, uh, yeah. getting thrown back there. Right. To be fair, it's not her first time playing right back though for City. Like, right, right. Two seasons ago, she was playing pretty consistently at right back, um, and it's actually she's getting a lot of assists. She might not be scoring as much as she'd like to, but like she's racking up the assists. She had two for Canada and was involved in like all five of our goals in our international play, and then she had three assists in her last match for City. So. Like the right pack position is, she's doing pretty well. At yeah, it. that's that's solid. That is solid, um, um, and so forth. So, uh, I wanted to speak a little bit about uh, to leave it to leave in goal. Um, so, I, I I pay no attention to things like save percentage or anything like that, and. Uh, having clean sheet numbers is can be also a slightly misleading, but there's a couple of statistics I do look at for goal for goalkeepers, um, and one of them is the expected goals per shot on target number, um, and that's somewhat reflective of the defense in front of them. You know, in this case, in front of her, um, and as well as you know, kind of the the level of difficulty of shots that she's getting. The other stat is something called the post-shot expected goals minus goals allowed. Um, and so you're basically looking at the expected goals of the shots that the goalkeeper is facing versus how many goals they actually allow. Now, you, of course, want 
the number to be a to be a positive number. You want um, you want um, you want it to be po a positive number going forward. Uh, th that basically shows how well you're doing as far as saving shots and that are that are happening. However, um, in in Talib's case, her number is negative three point three, um, which in this part of the season is a really low number. Um, the expected goals per shot on target is uh, 0.32, which uh, on average, um, to put in perspective, uh, Manchester City's opponents' uh, XG on shots, um, no, sorry, Ma Manchester City's XG on their shots on targets on their opponent is 0 0.37. All right. So, you know, that's a, there is a big difference there. So, in, in retrospect, though, the shots on target haven't been all that difficult overall. Um, but then the, the that XG minus goals allowed is in a negative category, um, which basically means that, you know, she should be saving more based on the expected goals yeah. um, and so forth. But as you stated, she's a third string goalkeeper. So um you know it's really this is a really hard grade you know i mean i i on one hand if you look at just straight up results yeah. and you use that as the criteria then unfortunately that ends up having to be a d yeah. um, because it's the weakest point in the team it's been a mess um if you grade on a curve and say well look you got a third string goalkeeper who's played every league game You've got people not even playing in their right positions. You got injuries all over the place. Do you grade on a curve? Like, hey, look, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You know, maybe it's a C. I don't know. But but it's just, just what do you think about, like, other teams, too? Like, Chelsea, imagine their whole back line's, like, decimated. Imagine they're not – they don't burger net or, like mm – -hmm. like, like, people are like, you can't use injuries all the time. It's like, no, but, like, what, what, what about if it happened to your team? What if right. it happened to Arsenal? What if you're missing like half your defensive line? What if you're missing Miedema? She's gone. Like Chloe Kelly is a phenomenal striker. Like that's we've really been missing her. But like, what if you're missing Viv? What if you're missing like like all these? It's not just players missing. It's like good players missing. Right. So it's just like uh, it, it would be interesting to see what would happen to like other teams if they they were kind of like playing with what we were. And it's not me making an excuse. It's just a kind of a fact, right? Like. Well, it seems that every year there's a team that ends up getting the injury bug worse yeah. than other teams. And so yeah. last year you had Arsenal had, it was a really good team. They struggled with injuries, mostly like in the midfield yeah. um, slots, which was pretty hard for them. It's pretty, and it caused them to kind of start kind of, you know, spinning their wheels a little bit during the middle of the season, uh, which led to them falling off, losing big games and so forth. And so unfortunately I think city situation to be quite honest has been worse yeah. than, yeah. than, than um, this is like a nightmare scenario. I mean, um, I don't think anyone know, saw this coming at the start of the season. That's for sure. You know, this is not what we thought was going to happen. We thought maybe there would be, we had concerns at the beginning of the season, yeah. I would say, yeah. um, you know, we're like, you know, how is Bunny Shaw going to fit in? How is Vicky Lasada going to fit in? Um, when is, you know, when is Chloe Kelly going to be back? Um, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, we had, you know, you know, we know that Lucy Bronze is out. So who we get in there, um, you know, how is Kennedy going to do? Well, we kind of know the answer to that so far. Um, yeah. You know, there were a lot of questions, you know, um, you know, and so 
we have some answers to those questions, but in, in some situations we don't have answers because it just has not, you know, as far as the injury issue, you know, and so forth. Now we can talk about why have there been so many injuries, you know, um, you know, and things like that. <laughs> are there issues there? Not clear on that, to be honest. Um, you know, there are injuries clearly that we've seen on the field that were contact injuries and things yeah. like that. So, you know, so you can't really start making weird waves around that to either. Um, but yeah, it overall is a hard grade. I mean, if you look at plain results, it's a D. If you look at grading on a curve because of all the injuries, it's probably a C. Yeah. Um, it's like they've done the best they could under the circumstances. So it's average. Um, I'm going to actually weigh on the side of, unfortunately, looking at the results because the results are the results. Yeah. Um, and it's just been, you know, um, and then you've got one player who's been there the entire time who's really been poor. Um, and I hate, I do I feel like I'm being harsh when I say that, but Kennedy really has been poor. I mean, uh, too many errors, you yeah. know, I, I just, feel, I just you know, whenever, whenever you watch her, you're just kind of like nervously watching her. Yeah. I mean, what and you have to do when you have a, a center back. And my be. guess is though, honestly though, and that's why I feel sorry for her because I'm like, that's probably not the player that they saw when they signed her. Well, a, fa a lot of us fans did. Oh, oh really? Wow. No, okay. no, sorry. I didn't know that. I didn't. I, no, you know. I watched her. The I watched her. Um, this isn't going to be a pile on Alana Kennedy, of course not. Like she's still a good player. She's still she is. She's still a good player. But for some reason, right now she is not cutting it. Like mm -hmm. she was decent in the NWSL, um, mm -hmm. but like I watched her in the Olympics, and like again in that U.S. game, terrible mistake leading to like a goal for the states. Um, and it, it ended up kind of being like a decider. So okay, was he? Was, so is this a bad run of form for her? In that she, we know that she could be better. Or I think so. I think she okay. could be better for sure. Okay, I'm just. Like, I think there's yeah. improvements that she can make, but like when when you don't have that confidence and when you're know, like when you mistake yeah, is happening, it's I don't I don't know what's gonna take for her to kind of like pull out of it. But like she's not a bad player. I just don't think she's the player we should have signed. But like, and part of me like that we didn't like. I said this a couple times, but like, go go peeking back in Bordeaux, and Bordeaux's not doing that well right now. Go take a player like mm -hmm. Vanessa Gilles. Like she mm -hmm. she's unreal with clearances. She's unreal with like just no. She's just a great defender that's coming out of nowhere. Like so, Alana Kennedy would not have been my choice of center back this night, but. He did so she's on the team, so you kind of have to like get over that and like help mm -hmm. her now, right? Yeah. Like everyone has yeah. to go like you have to help her be better and, and try to get those mistakes out of the way and, and hopefully like the more we play her, the more she sees some time, like hopefully she'll like start getting a bit more confidence and not give those mistakes again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um yeah. I mean I you know, I'm you know, you really, the big hope is, you know, players that players do come back from injuries yeah. um, and, you know, and then you start seeing, um, you know, uh, you know, you start seeing some confidence happening. Yeah. And we kind of saw that at near the right before the break where, you know, getting, 
you know, getting the win, you know, even though it ended in a draw, I think the Derby, the Derby ended up causing, you know, creating some confidence. Like we picked up a couple of goals, came back in that match, getting that late goal by Ellen White, you know, so that built some confidence in this trash, you know, just annihilating Lester also. And, you know, you know, and blowing out Everton uh, again. Um, So um, I also, I also think that she'll do Kennedy will do better when we uh, get Steph Hoed back on the line. Like when she's playing with Steph, like I think Steph will will be able to help her out a little bit more than what we're doing right now with our center backs. Um, like Ruby Mace actually has been good too. Mm-hmm. Um, like for the limited time we've seen her, she's been good. But I think having more like like we need Steph back. Like that's a I've people I've seen people like being like oh she's whatever like she's old she's to hang up her boots and stuff like that. And it just it always makes me angry because she took like a beautiful free kick. In like mm-hmm. one of the first matches, scores from there. She's such a good captain. Like she's such a good leader on the pitch. She the, she does so well on that back line that I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of the time she gets the credit like she's due because everyone's just too busy focusing on her age, and it's just it's a shame. So I think that's a, been a huge defensive miss. It's been a huge leadership miss, and mm-hmm. we saw that for the couple of games she was gone. It just seems like they don't. There was no direction. They need someone directing them. Well, I mean, losing both Houghton and Bronze. Yeah, those are like your leaders. You know, I mean, um, I mean, I, 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 at times dislike bringing up the the men's side, but I, you kind of saw that on the Manchester City men's side when Vincent Company left. You had a vocal leader in the back in the defense who was a vocal leader, a veteran, who you know, who kind of you know, captain, kept everything in line and so forth. The women's side saw in this season not having bronze, who's a very vocal leader, not having the the, the captain Houghton vocal leader. Um, and the thing of it is, in those types of situations, you you only this is it's sad. You only really appreciate them when they're not there, <laughs> because you know what I'm saying. It's like you miss them like yeah. big time. You see how big of a loss it is to lose people who are leaders you know you know in the and particularly in the back line so um so hopefully that and that's the 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 weakest link kind of scenario with them but again hopefully people come back from injuries build some more confidence yeah um you know um and we'll see how it how it rolls so it's time it's time to give a grade to the uh, man who's still in the sack race, um, Willie. Uh, uh, Willie uh, we got to, you know, pour a drink for him because he lost the sack race or won it, depending yes. on how you frame it. Um, but I, I swear to you, I thought, Garrett, you know, I, I said, Gareth, they needed to win several games. Everton yeah. was one of them. Um, and um, but he's not out of the woods yet, is he? I don't think so, but I also am, don't trust the club to pull the trigger on him either and let him go. Like that's what's a little disappointing. But like I don't see City getting rid of him anytime soon, even though I think he should go, uh, considering the results we've been at so far. But I mean, if he turns things around, he turns things around. But I don't know. It's another season. You know, you get knocked out of Champions League early. You get your probably like it's just it's just too much losses and and we got this big match coming up so we'll see what happens after the Chelsea match but like at one point you just you got to 
you gotta change it up. You gotta change it up. And I think, like, two full years, if they stick it out to the end of the season, two full years is more than enough time. Like, it's more than enough time. And if you're not getting results, and if we're not playing Champions League next year, he can't stay on. He can't. Yeah. So what is so what is Garris in your opinion? I mean, what is Garris' biggest limitation? What's his biggest weakness? What's been his downfall? It's failure to take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like he keeps going like all this we and 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 stuff like this, and we need to play better as a team. We need, he's not saying I got the tactics wrong. He's not say, he's not admitting anything. He's saying back passing isn't a problem, and it's like no, that's led to like a couple of goals. So I don't know if it's just his ego that's getting in the way, but like he's just he refuses to take responsibility, and he's he just seems to have too much pride, and and I. It's just frustrating. You kind of saw this again with like Phil Neville when he managed the Lionesses. It's like, no, we're going to do things my way and everyone's going to listen to me. And like, even when things aren't working, they're like, you're, you're doing the same thing over and you're getting the same result. It's like, no, it doesn't matter. Like, like he won't, like he won't listen. And, and yeah, you won't take responsibility. And as manager, if your team's sitting in ninth right now, a quarter of the way through the season, like you've got to be like, some of this is on you. Like, mm-hmm. not maybe not all of it, but like some responsibility would be nice. And I think that's he cannot do that. So I grade managers on three in three areas. And and the the three areas are are this tactics, personnel management, and emotional intelligence. You have to be high on all those. You have to be to be a good manager, good coach yeah. in any sport. Uh, but we're talking about soccer, football here. You got to be good at all three and they all blend together, you know, in terms of that. Um, And to me, my impression has been, and you talked about his biggest limitation, Gareth's biggest limitations being around not taking responsibility, not being accountable, not taking ownership for himself and so forth. Uh, He knows he's got the tactics wrong, but he doesn't bring that up. It's more like, you know, um, you know, well, we got to do better, da, da, da. Um, now one person, one, on one hand, you probably could look at it as he's trying to, you know, be, you know, one with the team and we're all in it together and so forth, but just doesn't feel that way to me because I just don't, I think his emotional intelligence is poor. I think that he just doesn't have good relationships with his players. I don't think he knows how to relate to them. I'm not sure he knows how to communicate with them. I'm not sure he knows anything about them on a, on any type of personal level whatsoever. Um, and his, his management, his overall player management segueing into player management is not good. His substitutions have been, been weird to, and I'm being kind. Um, now it's been a little bit better recently, but, but overall it's been weird. Um, at odd times, you know, um, you know, players that, you know, it's, I mean, I know he's had a very thin bench, so, but still, it's like, it's still based on who you put out there and when. Yep. Um, like, why are you waiting? Like, in that one match where I think we were both yelling for him to sub in, you know, Bunny Shaw, and she didn't get in till like, the 65th minute. Yeah, um, you know, late. You know, which didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense at that time, given the way the game was playing out. So, you know, there's things like that. Um, and then tactically, 
it's just been rigid you know i mean yeah. it's just been rigid i mean um now again though to his credit a little bit i don't know if it's him or somebody on his staff but they've got, been a little bit more open the last couple of matches yeah. uh, where they they've played a little bit more like hey you know what maybe because we have players you don't know how to play the ball from the back really well and then we got a shaky goalkeeper who's not really a sweeper keeper but we're making her into a sweeper keeper but she's really not a sweeper keeper she's not so let's not do that let's you know but of course i don't know how long it took him to get to that point it took forever um but uh it took too long like it took way too long yeah, the season yeah. was finished by the time. I'm um, not finished, but you know, I'm being hyper- hyperbolic. But, um, but it, it it took a long time for that shift. I would have done it like well before. Like, whoa, wait a minute, this is not working. Um, yeah. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna shift it in in the middle of the match if I have to. Um, say <laughs> no, you know what? Forget it. We're just gonna, you know, go to you know, we're instead of playing out of the back, we're gonna go play to the playmaker in the midfield. Uh, and then we're going to push it, you know, which is what we've seen in the last couple of games. But yeah. um, so it, it's just not really good. I don't know. And then, you know, to go back to something we talked about earlier, I don't know if he knows how to coach a women's team, period. Yeah. No, it's not showing that he is. Um, I, I just I just don't sense that, he, you know, and, and there's there's a huge gulf there, um, you know, from coaching youth boys. uh young men to professional women players. There's a huge difference. Yeah. Like if we get a new manager, I want somebody who's had experience in the women's game. Like I want want somebody who's had experience in the women's game. Like (laughs) quit promoting just because, yeah, like, like internally like this, be like, Oh yeah. I've coached a boys team. How hard can it be to coach this? Or like that attitude. It's just like, can we yeah, have it, it, this attitude already? Like, it's just, it's not good enough. And they deserve better. They yeah. deserve And then, you know, I mean, you see how, you know, you see Arsenal went out and got Jonas out of all. Great, great manager. You know, uh, you know, manager. And, you know, you see how he's doing. You know, he immediately, you know. You know, hits high marks on personnel management, emotional intelligence, and you know, <laughs> tactically has reinvigorated the team. Mark Skinner, who's got you know previous WSL experience, you know went to the, you know I know United fans kind of felt underwhelmed by his signing. They thought they were looking <laughs> bigger, which is a bit of the hyperbolic kind of nature of some United fans. But but you know he's got previous women's football experience. Obviously did what was doing well, you know, coached at Birmingham, doing well at Orlando, and then comes to United again, you know, a very positive, you know, vibe going there, energetic, you know, and so forth. And we, and that didn't happen here, you know, Um, and it's not happening. And so, you know, but those are, you know, male coaches who have women's football coaching experience, right? Yep. So, you know, yeah, they, we're not they, saying there's anything wrong with male coaches. Right. We're saying, we're saying right. what's wrong is right. in, like right. having no experience in the women's game. Right. And like, we're not saying exactly, we're not saying necessarily that they need a woman coach. We're yeah. saying they need someone with experience. experience if you're at this level, right? If yeah. you're at the high, the top, if you're in the top flight in England, you yeah. should have experience in the women's game. Absolutely. Now, if you're coaching, 
you know, I mean, you've got to get experience somewhere. I always have hated the idea of like, well, I mean, I can't be hired for this job because I'm not experienced. Yeah. Um, well, where am I going to get the experience? Well, you get the experience at a lower level. Absolutely. You work your way up. It's like you anything know, else in life. You work your way up. Right? Um, you know, you don't take over. You go from the youth side, which uh, that city is very good. Um, very good. Um, to, I mean, it was a big leap, though. Um and so, um, uh, and I think that's coming to roost at right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and um, I, I agree with you. I don't think City is going to make a move at all unless something really re- crazy happens. Yeah. Which, you know, honestly, even if they went, even not, not that I'm saying that this is going to happen. I'm not sure that it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But even though they get annihilated by Chelsea on yeah. on Sunday. And just get just rolled, which is a possibility. I mean, you know, I don't think they're gonna gonna move on him. Yeah. I, he's gonna finish the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and so, but if they don't, is I think you're absolutely right. You fail to make it to the Champions League. You fail to get one of those three slots. You, you, you can't. You, yeah. You can't make it past the season. That makes it untenable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't and, think that's too unreasonable to ask, right? Like the year. I don't think so. Have, I mean, you have the talent you have on City. And you're not making right. a Champions League. You still have a you still have a world class yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. You should finish yeah. at least third. Yeah. Um, you know. Now the question then becomes: Is you know is the hole too deep? No, not necessarily. You still got three quarters of the season left. Yeah, we got. Um, you know, I mean, you got four points now. Tottenham, who's who is in third, it has 12, but again, you still have 17 games left. Um, you know, so, um, and <laughs> you know, you got to figure that Tottenham and United and even Brighton are going to fall away a little bit. Um, and so forth. So, um, there's still, there's still time, but at the time is the clock is ticking. Um, some bad losses against teams that city should be, you know, will, we'll put the nail in that coffin. So yeah. um, we will see. Uh, speaking of which, so your grade for Garrett Taylor. It's an F. It's a solid F. F. All right. So that I, I, I wrote that down again, we're weighing the points double for coaching managing. Uh, and so, um, so the, the GPA grade point average of the city team first quarter is 1.2. So it's a solid D. Um, and a lot of it's weighted down by the defense goalkeepers and managing. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's not good. It's but when uh, we have so many points. I think it's an assault. Like, you know, you, you can, you can like try to one up your team and be like, Oh no, we're on a beat. It's like, that's not realistic. Realistic level right. is he's not performing yeah. the way they could be performing. And I think a D is actually a fair grade for now. There is now. Still, right. still time. Right. Okay. And and we will reass I mean, and we and again, this is just the first quarter. And so there is hope here. There is, yeah. you know, they're gonna be so we will we will reassess the league games coming up um is gonna be, you know, um is gonna be interesting because got Chelsea in that semifinal, but then uh, you know, coming up a week later when the league resumes back is away at Leicester City yeah. and then home the next week, the next Sunday to Chelsea. And then back, and then home again to Aston Villa, and then away to Birmingham. So yeah, aside from that Chelsea um, hiccup in there, so we're not sure how that's going to go. That's looking like a a favorable 
favorable um, games. It's favorable. Yeah, it's favorable depending on Aston Villa. Um, Aston Villa might be a little bit tricky. Um, They're a little bit hodgepodge. Um, You know, Chelsea obviously going to be difficult, but it's at home. Um, So, um, you know, and I, you know, this Sunday we're going to, we're going to see a barometer of where things are at. Um, Yeah. Everyone's coming back from international duty. So, We'll see. see so, City hasn't picked up any additional injuries we during, did the, not. I was during watching, the international break, right? <laughs> I, was, I was just like watching. I saw I saw Tadine go down for like a second, like in one uh-huh. of the match in, in the Ottawa match. Just like I guess taking it, just catching your breath, and I was like, "Don't you dare! Don't right. you get injured!" We, yeah, we no, no more. But we walked away with no injuries, so it was good times. All right, good. Um, yeah, that's good. Uh, don't need any more of that stuff, um, you know, happening and, um, and so forth. So that's good. That's, that's good. So thank you so much, Kate. Uh, you, you powered through an hour. Uh, I, you know, I'll be honest and say, I'm not sure you, I wasn't sure at moments you were going to make it. Yeah, uh, no, sorry if I'm all scratchy and stuff out. That's all right. No, no apologies. You, 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 your tea got you through it. Uh, you know, so that's why I was like, you know, go ahead and get that tea off air before you, uh, you know, and sip on it, do whatever you need to do to get roll through it. I really appreciate it. Um, you coming on though, even though you're, uh, definitely under the weather, we look, I hope you get well very soon um you know and you're back you know at full at full strength full fitness yourself um and and uh as we go on so but again thank you very much um uh, for joining us and so that will be it for this review for manchester city all our weekly features for this week are done uh next week um it's going to be a little bit interesting a little bit tricky because um arsenal chelsea and manchester city are also are all playing in a in um right that's right <laughs> yes all three uh three of the four teams that we cover are playing in that semi-final for the fa cup manchester united is not of course um and uh <laughs> yeah throw that in there I yeah they throw that in there uh they're not in there um and so forth because they got knocked out by lester um so <laughs> <laughs> um sorry i gotta rub that i had to rub that in a little bit sorry mark sorry i had to rub that in uh, uh but he'll be all right he'll be fine um but uh so we will have shows for manchester city arsenal and chelsea next week in reaction to the uh the, the semifinal matches we will not have a show All right, sorry y'all, I just disappeared. <laughs> I think Mark. I, like, I, 
What's think, going on here? I might. I think Mark at home. Uh, at, you know, it's uh, you know, maybe like I think four o'clock in the morning, uh, in Manchester at the at the moment. Mark probably just hacked into my system and, you know, yeah, broke, I like talk smack about United. It broke the the broke the broadcast down. You know, and I, you know, made that dig on United. So, uh, sorry, Mark. I I apologize, man. I, I'll make it up to you. All right. So, um, so. We will not have a United show next week. We will have shows for uh, Chelsea, Arsenal, and um, Manchester City, of course. Uh, uh, reactions to uh, what will I hope will be a very entertaining, uh, very exciting semifinal. Um, you know, uh, semifinal Sunday for the uh, carry what I call the carryover FA Cup um, competition. So look forward to seeing you all then. So please, uh, if you survived the blackout that we just did, um, you know, uh, if you're still watching, <laughs> smash a like, you know, uh, smash a like, subscribe. Please share with your friends on social media. If you're listening to us, you don't want to lo- look at my receding hairline. Um then you know listen to us on the podcast you know but also give us a five-star review please help us out remember that my advertising budget is about the same as buying a venti coffee at starbucks once a week that's basically what it comes down to um but we make it work we make it work so thank you very much for watching thank you for listening we will see you next week uh when we go over this do fi uh fa cup semifinals and uh good luck to everybody take care uh, get well kate Thank you. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Take care.